Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the D-Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. Oh my god, hi. Welcome to Disney Adult, the podcast where Chicago comedians review Disney properties from the perspective of adults. We come to the end. We come to the end of the Infinity Saga with Avengers Endgame. And for this installment, I thought it very, very appropriate to have all of my guests be individuals who have loved this franchise as much as I have. I am joined by Michael Erickson, Val Agnew, and Trent Dozier, all MCU aficionados. After half of the universe has been turned into an ashtray, the remaining Avengers hobble together a time travel heist that will make you scream, laugh, wail, and cry. So without further ado, here we go. Jazzed. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, love a haircut. (laughs) Today we are talking, um, Endgame. The, uh... The culmination of 22 films and 10 years of work for the MCU. Uh, This week, I do think it's important to note, not only am I joined by all comedians, I'm also joined by Marvel Maniacs, as Kayla once put it on this podcast. Um, Marvel Freaks. We all love these films, and and I also will say we... um, I wanted to have the point of having people who really loved and appreciated this. Um, So usually our podcast can be like hit or miss. Some people love it. Some people don't. I kind of stacked the deck in our favor today. Uh, And first and foremost, because we, because I've established that we're all like Marvel individuals, I'd love to go through each of you and sort of get your exposure. Like, when did you start liking Marvel? Have you been following this the whole time? When did you fall in love? And then um, any other details that you think are interesting. So I'm going to start with Val. Uh, Val, what's your Marvel journey? Well, I definitely have been watching the movies since they started, like since Iron Man. Um, And I, you know, I used to watch like X-Men and stuff too. So I've always enjoyed this kind of movie. I've never Mm. been a comic book reader. So it was purely movie focused for me. Um, but I think that I started to really get into this and like really love it, like around the first Avengers movie or like in that era, because I love like everything coming together, like a big puzzle. Like that's for me, like all the lore, like paying off and you know, all the backstories and all that stuff, like that's what gets me going. So when it started to become this like big, massive thing, um, that's when it really like pulled me in for sure. Yeah. And now I'm like a, a true freak. Like I watch like theory videos on YouTube. Oh and all yeah. Of I'm in the, I'm <laughs> in the deep re I'm in like the, whatever the QAnon of Marvel is. That's where I live. <laughs> um, also like, I don't, and I hate to sound like an old geezer, but like, I just don't think Gen Z or people who, who were not adults when this franchise started realize like, how big of a deal this is. Like, how this has never been done before. Like, I remember, to your point, like, I've always liked Marvel movies, too. But when Avengers happened, 
I remember thinking like I remember thinking it was gonna flop. I remember before going like here we go trying something new. This isn't gonna work. Um, and also I what I read. I was always a comic book reader. I would read whatever I could get my hands on, which was mostly like my forte was X Men comics. I loved the X Men, so I didn't really care about a lot of these characters until kind of this franchise started, and then I started reading bits and pieces and, and getting in. And Avengers was like like a lightning rod of like, oh, this is different, and they know what they're doing over there. Well, this uh, was just to put in because the reason you never knew about these characters is that's why they were able to get them. They yeah. literally had to use characters that were like back catalog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody uh, cared until yeah. this. Oh, and it's they do it so well. Mike, how about you? Yeah, so um, I saw the first Iron Man and liked it. Like kind of like Val said, X Men's were cool. Uh, the Fantastic Four movies were fun, but like I remember I was in college when Iron Man 2 came out and I went with a couple of members of my acapella group uh, <laughs> and one particular fella, um, I think it was the post credit scene of Iron Man 2 where they show Thor's hammer. He like lost his mind. We're at the midnight showing of Iron Man 2 and uh, it's like truly midnight back then. Um, mm. And it was just like really exciting. I remember I went to school in Geneva, New York. And I remember Iron Man 2 specifically because there was a band that was really popular at the time called the Gym Class Heroes. Are you guys familiar with the Gym Class Heroes? Yeah. What's, yeah. A, what's what? a song? They had, was Billionaire one of their songs or the guy from Gym Class the Heroes? The guy, yeah. He, okay. he, Travis McCoy was the lead singer of Gym Class Heroes. And he was like the most popular. He was featured on that song, Billionaire. He dated Car Katy Perry for several years. Wow. Um, so he and the band were from Geneva and they were there at the midnight showing. And I remember oh. like, oh shit, like that's Travis <laughs> from the Gym Class Heroes. <laughs> Um, and I, it just sticks out. But I, I remember the the, the post-credit scene with Thor's hammer was like, this is something a little bit bigger um, than the Fantastic Four movies. Um, yeah. And I just bought in. I just loved it, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, it was so exciting. And then I remember that first Avengers. I was living in Atlanta at the time. And I was just like, it's like candy, you know? It was just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was so cool. Yeah. So never really got into the comics. Um, the movies are my thing. I would say that I like kind of like you guys, like the theory videos, I took a step back from those only because some of them really messed me up. Uh, WandaVision. Um, Mephisto. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my God. Boner. Mephisto. <laughs> yep. I stopped watching them after that because I was so disappointed. <laughs> really. Any, anytime something kind of funky happens in our lives, Andy and I will be like, Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Mephisto. Uh, what? And to your point, I feel like, and even the Mephisto angle, so much of this franchise is about watching, is about the experience of being with other people. Or, like, I remember WandaVision, even though we were all in our own homes, it very much felt like from our own homes, all of us collectively were, like, on the edge of our seat, like, just waiting and talking to one another and, like, what's going on? Well, like, it, it, watching a Marvel movie in, I said this on one of the other episodes, you really have to be in a theater on opening weekend or like mm -hmm. a packed theater to really get it, like to mm -hmm. really feel everything you want to feel. And I felt that I was reminded of that rewatching this movie. Yeah. There's so many moments where I remember literal, I remember strangers voices reacting. I remember what their voices sounded like. I remembered like the energy in the room. It's wild how much it's a collective experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you, Trent? Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. 
No, uh, the only thing I wanted to add to that is that I feel like a lot of times I associate that with like negative things. Like, where were you when 9-11 happened? Yeah. This is like, what happened? Where were you when Endgame happened, right? Like, yeah. it's a real thing in my timeline. Um, yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. And I also feel like because we were together, like because you're in a room with other yeah. people, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if like none of us saw this movie together, I bet as we go through this, we will all have had the same experiences across the world because it was like, yeah, unbelievable. Yep. How about you, Trent? Thank you, Devin. Uh, Trent here, second time, long time. Uh, before I get into it, first I gotta ask Mike, what was the name of your acapella group in college? <laughs> All right, so I went to a school called Hobart College, and we were the Hobart Tones. Oh, love it. One word, one word. Yeah. Fun fact, of course. Andrew Knox of the ETC stage at Second City, formerly, uh, was also a Hobart Tone. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, my God. You're everywhere. He and I were. <laughs> Secret society. He, he's the reason why I moved here, actually. So Really? Um, yeah. So good Did, shout out to my pal. Was it because he said, like, oh, I'm going to go there and do that? Or had he already been here and said, like, you should come do this? So he was a year older than I did. I, wa I was at the time. And he moved out here right after college. And he and I were on the same acapella group and the same, like, improv, like our college improv group. Mm. And we both kind of were, like, the ones who really liked both. Um, and it was clear that, like, we were both really into it. We'd make, like, a funny video before our uh, acapella concerts and stuff yeah. together. Um so when he moved out here, he was like, dude, you got to come out here. I'm like, I'm not going to move up to Chicago uh, to do comedy. That's crazy. And then I traveled out here a couple of years later and he took me around and we were out to like three o'clock in the morning at improv shows. And I was like, okay. And yeah. I am. Yeah. So I'm married because of them being in the Hobart tones. Hell yeah. Shout Thanks out to the Hobart tones. Hobart tones. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Between the Hobart tones and Mephisto, everything in this universe is planned for us. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Trent. Um, so I didn't really read uh, comics growing up, but I, the uh, Spider-Man animated show and the X-Men animated show, and it's not Marvel, but the Batman animated show were like three uh, formative properties for me. So I've always been um, a big time superhero boy. And then, you know, I love the, uh, first two of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and, you know, all the Batman movies I love. So anytime any superhero anything was coming out, that really got me juiced up and excited. Yeah. Um, so I never I never really engaged with the comics that way, but um, I would, you know, go through the lores on Wikipedia and via those shows and movies and stuff. Um <clears throat> And then when the MCU started, I was just excited. And, um, you know, I think like everybody here, once that first Avengers movie came out and they nailed it, I was just like, oh, my God, what is yeah. this is incredible. And then um, Marvel has this thing. I think they still have it. It's called Marvel Unlimited, which might be how you read your comics. Um, but I uh, when Civil War was coming out, I wanted kind of more background i guess so i um ha i had marvel unlimited for a couple of years and i read so like my entryway was i read the civil war comics um off of that and then i from that you know i mean from like all comics they branch off into different stories and then the uh the two comics that i really read over the next couple of years um and went back and read old issues were um 
the exiles which is like a group of x-men kind of flying around time and space trying to solve uh different crimes basically um and uh the thunderbolts which has been teased as coming for a very long time and i'm very excited and when they announced uh, zemo for captain or for civil war originally i was like oh so i've yeah i've been patiently waiting for the last I don't know what feels like a hundred years for a Thunderbolts movie or show or whatever they're going to do. But um, so yeah, that's where I'm at and I love it. <laughs> Shout out to those cartoons, those Saturday morning cartoons of the X-Men. And because I honestly don't know that this would be as successful without those cartoons. Cause I feel oh, like yeah. a huge majority of the people who go to watch these movies are people who grew up on those cartoons. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I totally agree. Like had this started with Zemo, I th- I don't know that our generation would have been like uh, I love him, yeah. um, you know. Um, but also Thunderbolt. Once again, I can tell we're we're all in the QAnon of um, Marvel <laughs> because the fact that every person's eyeballs lit up when you said the Thunderbolt, we were like, um, all right. So let's jump into this plot because this movie is long. Yes, um, this movie is long. Um, in 2018, oh, by the way, feel free to interrupt, jump in with anything, um, especially when a movie that is as plot heavy as this, it could really be easy to just like let me talk forever. <laughs> um, but don't feel no guilt about jumping in or interrupting me or anything. Um, in 2018, 23 days after Thanos killed half of all life in the universe, Carol Danvers rescues Tony Stark and Nebula from deep space, and they reunite with the remaining Avengers, Bruce, Steve Rogers, Thor, Natasha, and Rhodey, and Rocket on Earth. Locating Thanos on an un, uh, uninhabited planet, they plan to use the Infinity Stones to reverse his actions, but discover that Thanos has already destroyed them to prevent future use. Do they? They skipped the cold open. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do they mention what happens uh, to the cold? I literally just watched Hawkeye. Hawkeye's whole family family dies. Yeah, which I do think is really pertinent now because the Hawkeye series is up. Which I was like, every time they do a new series, I know, I know that they don't plan for us to have these. I know that they're making a movie, and then when they go to do the Hawkeye, they look back and say, "Okay, we can pull from that." But it feels. Like it was, it feels like they uncovered a tablet in ancient Egypt that gave them the blueprint to make this because it feels so, everything feels so connected. Yeah. I think that, I do think that in Endgame, they were planning for these yeah, series. I, agree. I do think. And actually, I went like very tiny bit viral on Twitter the other day because we watched Endgame the same day that the most recent Hawkeye episode came out. So it was like all in my brain at the same time. Yeah. And um, I I think that the, the there's like a thing in the cold open. And I, forgive me if this ends up actually being some kind of spoiler or clue. But um, they make a big deal of the fact that Laura, the mom... Uh, like wants to put mayonnaise on hot dogs and yeah. everyone's like why why yeah. mayonnaise right and then it's never discussed again right they get snapped and we forget all about it and now it's sort of starting to feel in hawkeye like laura is not just clint's wife <laughs> but she has like a background much... right and so i think my thing is that i think that the mayo is a hint <clears throat> that she's not american and that there's like it's like it was there intentionally yeah. because they were gonna make hawkeye like they knew at that point that they it's, were gonna make hawkeye it's so wild because all the kids are the same actors and everything i just yeah. as a 
And also, like, because you've already seen what that, – that's the other thing is when this keeps going and they keep adding on to these people. There And by the way, we, we are going to skip around. There's no way, especially with the way this story is told where it bounces back and forth. Just a heads up, like, we will be bouncing all over this plot. Because <laughs> there's moments where Clint and um, uh, uh, Clint and Wanda at the very end are having a moment. I'm like, oh. they put it there. And then um, – Winter Soldier and Falcon are having a moment. With Sam. I'm like, mm-hmm. see, here we go. And it's unbelievable. And Loki. And Loki. Loki the Tesseract. I remember <laughs> whenever he pulled it up this time rewatching, I was like, oh, I could pause here and I should just follow him if I wanted to. Yeah. I can't wait for the day that Disney Plus has like, you pick your character and then they just like line up the playlist of movies they're in. Oh, so yeah. you can just watch just their story. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. That's so cool. Also. You know, s- oh, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. Um. You don't need to apologize, please. I'm gonna be. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we you mentioned like where were you when X happened, right? Yeah. And I remember the collective groan from the audience when the first scene was Hawkeye. We all knew what was gonna ha- happen. Like it was just like, oh no, there was no opening title sequence. There was nothing. It was just go into this and like you know what's gonna happen. It's like that that sense of foreboding, which is like right off the bat, and you were like, okay, here we go. I love that. <laughs> we watched it this morning. My husband goes, oh, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, he's not wrong. It was just so, such a succinct and simple way to like pull up the horrid emotions that we're watching. The, and uh, everybody is such a good actor that every yeah. moment feels authentic. It's so good. Yeah. Um, since, since we ju- since we kind of touched on it uh, at the beginning, and then we're kind of talking about it now, where where was everybody when they saw this? Because I, uh, mine's crazy. I feel like okay. I was in. I was. I forget what theater, but I was in a theater in Chicago. We saw it on Thursday. By the way, shout out to like the seven p.m. Thursday sh- opening show. Oh yeah, yeah. My old ass cannot be up in a theater until three in the morning anymore, and yeah. the, it is so. We're going to see Spider Man at three p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm so good. So excited, but I, it was just a random theater in Chicago. I can't remember which one. Were we at Webster Place, Michael? No, we were at the Wild Western. Um, oh yeah. And it was packed. Um, we were sitting next to strangers, but everybody was excited. So yeah, we yeah. were at Western Regal. Full theater. I was saying to him, "We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about this more later." But like, I will never forget the moment at like in the final battle, like with that theater full of people for the rest of my life. It like, is. That was one of those yes. moments. It's like going to a Super Bowl. I now get when people are like, I went to the 1989 World Series and I was there when so-and-so caught a ball. Because all that's been wasted on me this whole time. <laughs> I, I can remember the exact – every – now when we rewatch it, we have that. People who are just re- getting to them late – you don't have mm-hmm. that feeling of like, oh, and we'll talk about it later, but like there's so many moments like that. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Trying to get your moment, buddy. The I was. Of hell. <laughs> my, <clears throat> my improv team, Fair Dinkum, was doing a uh, freaking improv festival in North Carolina. So I was, I was in North Carolina and we drove from Chicago to North Carolina and I was like, oh my God, Endgame comes out. That's like, it's so cool that we get to do improv all together, but like this is my number one priority for this weekend. <laughs> I have to see this movie. And uh we I think we ended up sitting in like the front row of some, you know, North Carolina theater. It was me, Kennedy Baldwin, Cam, and I think 
Rachel Dranoff might have been with us. I don't know. I was I was sitting with Kennedy, or I was sitting next to Kennedy, and we had uh, many special moments that that can be discussed later but i was just like it's crazy that i'm in north carolina for this kennedy's been <laughs> on the podcast and she has talked about that experience yes because um, and we'll get to the moment but like there's so, it's so you have to be with people when you watch yes it. yes um so then after hawkeye we everybody starts coming back together tony has this wonderful monologue at the top where he's hanging out with uh nebula then they mm-hmm. bring him back to earth um and they're all kind of like Oh, Tony has a moment where he collapses. They have this big fight where Tony's just, like, grieving, essentially. And then they decide that, oh, they can actually go beat up Thanos. But Thanos doesn't... This is why Thanos is a good villain. Mm -hmm. Villains should always be one step ahead of the hero. Mm -hmm. And Thanos is, like, nine steps ahead of the hero. He's living on some beautiful, gorgeous planet where he's the only person there because nobody would talk to him. And mm-hmm. he's destroyed the thing because he knows people are going to come back for him. Just genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, like, just to quickly go back to that fight between Tony and and um, Steve, like, it is the, the sort of uh, penultimate of their relationship like moment of their relationship right like where they've had this huge like diamet they're diametrically opposed the entire time that they have known each other and worked together and obviously civil war is like a huge climax of that and then they this is like when they were supposed to come back together but tony feels 100 percent betrayed by steve um and it's just this like where in most of the time at least i agree with steve more than i agree with tony in terms of like their perspectives on things but in this moment, I think Tony's absolutely right. Like, yeah. he just, like, vanished on him. He just ghosted him, and they left him by themselves. And I think that, like, it's totally justified, like, how pissed he is. Yeah. And to, like, run away with Tony's parents' murderer. Right. <laughs> I'm like, <Exactly>. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was double not pissed. To, not to be on, on team murderer, he was being mind controlled. He didn't. Okay. Want, he didn't want to intentionally murder Tony's parents. I agree. I think that Steve has. I've always agreed with what he's chosen to do, but I do think that like he just like left and abandoned. Oh, yeah. Like Tony's been trying to like reach him, and he just wasn't there. Um, so I think that it's it's uh, it's justified that yeah. argument. Yeah. Also, we get introduced to Captain Marvel, and I think that like. Ugh. You say what you will about Captain Marvel, but like I think that her point that like there's a lot more going on than just your like petty stuff here on Earth like is a really great point and sort of like pu- like pushes back against like that sort of American centrism like you yeah know, it's like yeah. there's a lot more going on than just like, yeah. what you've been dealing with okay yeah. Avengers yeah, yeah for real. she <laughs> was like you she's like you thirteen people are all working on this one problem. <laughs> And there are thousands more that I have to deal with alone. So everybody take a chill pill. I'm about to go. Um, One. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead, Sorry. The only other thing I was going to say is this begin. This moment begins the Don Cheadle show in this movie, which I only (laughs) noticed this time because like I was paying such close attention. I've seen it so many times. He is so funny in this movie. He's so funny. (laughs) All right. Anyway. So good. This is going to sound a little bit weird, but because it'll sound silly at first, but I'm going to say something. I think the most underrated move that the MCU did was the addition of Spider-Man. 
Um, I know that Spider-Man is such a big deal, but I think it's even a bigger deal than we make it out to be because he's kind of like the emotional center um, for yeah. Tony. Like, obviously he loves Pepper and obviously he'll, he'll love later on Morgan, but he loves that kid like his own son. Yeah. And like, if they didn't get Spider-Man, if they couldn't work with Sony to work out a deal, like the emotional center, like when he breaks down and says, I couldn't save the kid, like that is like one of the first, like the second gut-wrenching moment behind Hawkeye is like, I couldn't save the kid. And it's yeah. like, Steve knows exactly what he's talking about. And it's huge. It's just like, we all know exactly, like that moment where Spider-Man dies or he gets snapped is the killer moment in that last movie. It's just yeah. like so underrated him yeah. having being in this movie. And to your point, like when Tom Holland enters the MCU, especially in Infinity War, because he entered in the MCU in a way of like, we were all very excited to see him and he's such a good uh, um, Peter Parker. But when he, for me at least, when he was in this movie, I was like, oh yeah, of course, he's the next Iron Man. Like it's, they've introduced all these wonderful characters who I love independently. It's not like I like Peter Parker more than anybody else. If anything, I like him less. But <laughs> I also feel that he is the correct <clears throat> choice to be the next Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they don't take him away if Sony doesn't take him away. Well, mm. I know. Well, he just, I just read something that he signed an, a deal to do three more movies that are yeah. supposed to be in the MCU. I don't think Tom Holland wants to be a part of like the Spider-Verse. He's like, no. he's like, God bless. And uh, <laughs> we'll play with your little toys over there. But that that's not my bag. <laughs> he's like, I'm not right. into a movie that people don't have to come see. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> know what I mean? Like he looks yeah. so tired. He just looks like he's forty years old. And he's like twenty-two, <laughs> <laughs> and he has such. We said this on the uh, one of the other Spider-Mans. He has such good crying eyes. But mm -hmm. when he cries, his whole eye socket turns red, and that's got to be hard on a person. Like, okay, you need for the next uh, three and a half years, you're gonna be crying nonstop in all your movies because everybody you love dies. And then he's like, okay, perfect. Well, I look 40 now and I'm fully yeah. <laughs> 21. Yeah. <laughs> Five years later in 2023, Scott Lang escapes from the quantum. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, please. <laughs> Two of the most shocking things I, that have ever happened to me. One, they killed Thanos like mm -hmm. five minutes into the movie. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what is the what's <laughs> and then when they did the five years later i was like yes what? <laughs> the way they reveal it it like takes yeah. forever for the years to come yes. up and you're like what is it what is it <laughs> yeah. in the theater people were like oh <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no 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 and all this all the color is drained from the world they're mm -hmm. all like everybody's sad i was saying today i would watch a whole disney plus series of just how depressing the world was during that period like if they could give yeah. like a little ground superhero a series so we can just see like holy shit it was rough during that yeah. five years that's yeah. such a good point i would watch that a million times over that's such a good idea a good, yeah. what would you do everybody in this yeah. call what would you do if you one day everybody <laughs> turned into dust like half the people on this call just were no longer existed and i don't know and depending on like where you are because like the when the uh, iron man and nebula are on that planet it's like only two out of like six or seven right. survive because it's just like oh well it's it's half of the population maybe it's like more here and more there yeah unbelievable i was like they have all these posters. I would hate the posters. Yeah. I would be so J. I don't know what I would do. I think I'd be like trying to like clean. Like one thing that I noticed. 
trying to like control you know what i mean like yeah to to like make things a little bit more tolerable because like i noticed like i was like it's been five years and nobody has moved these cars out of like the parking lot of the stadium or like the boats out of the harbor <laughs> like everyone just sort of like left everything and i feel like my personality would be to like try and like organize things and like clean things to try, like, i did notice when scott is walking down that street i'm like oh they must have trash day once every year <laughs> yeah. also, did you notice how they only did up that one block to look post-apocalyptic and yeah then you can see like past the kid on the bike that like the yeah. next block is just like a beautiful like like there's a starbucks there's a line <laughs> there's people behind one of those barriers waving at the camera <laughs> Uh, I think that I would probably just do what I've done for the past two years in the pandemic, which was sit at home, um, yeah. watch yeah. movies, and hope for uh, someday we get out of this. Yeah. Uh, because what could I do? I mean, what? You uh, know, like, there's nothing. Nothing. I Ugh. would probably really depressed like I have been. Um, <laughs> you know, really? try to find a little bit of the devil's lettuce and get through the day. Honestly, what <laughs> else? I would be. I first of all, I'd be a drug dealer because I'd be selling everybody <laughs> drugs. I'd be pushing drugs on like people who'd never used them before. I'm like, well, you could die tomorrow. Why not have some? It costs two million dollars. Thank you. Uh, wild. I would turn into my worst self. Um, five years later, in 2023, so this is set in the future. Uh, Scott Lang escapes from the quantum realm, reaching the Avengers compound, as he explains that he experiences only five hours while he was trapped. Theorizing that the quantum realm allows time travel, they ask Stark to retrieve the stones. However, Stark has a family and he doesn't want to go down that road yet. Um, Stark, uh, Rocket, and Banner, who has since merged his intelligence with the Hulk's strength, build a time machine. Banner notes that, okay, so then Banner notes that altering their past does not change their present, and then that takes us up to the moment they actually lift off. But there's so much that happens in that one paragraph. Morgan, the whole thing with Morgan Morgan and Tony. So cute, so sad. Adorable. When she just goes, shit. (laughs) The cutest thing. They really know how to cast great child actors in this franchise. And yeah. he's so good with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remarked to Val when we were watching, like, Robert Downey Jr. is such a good actor. He's, so he's a good. really good actor. He like, it could be, like, you can kind of forget about it because he's paid however many millions and he's Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. But he, like, comes ready to act for these movies. I and mean, he doesn't yeah. even have to anymore. No. Him and um, Scarlett really impressed me in this movie. When Scarlett has that moment mm-hmm. where she ends that call with the, the remaining Avengers. Mm-hmm. She's so good. She, you feel like, as I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, of course Natasha would like not want to cry in front of other people when she's trying to be this individual. It's so good. No, and that it's peanut a- butter sandwich. How, okay, so question though, how do we feel? No, that's about- crazy. What? <laughs> Put some jelly on that sandwich. Oh yeah, Don't that's- cry. Oh. Plain a plain peanut butter sandwich, psychotic. Every time I watch it, I'm like, no, there's got to be some wetness to that sandwich. Come that, on. Also, the it's... bite she takes is like, like a mouse bite. Yeah. <laughs> she like barely bites. The... <laughs> I'm like, is there even any peanut butter in that bite? 
They're like, oh, Scarlett, so- we only have X amount of sandwiches today. So <laughs> and she's uh, like, I, she's like, also, if we're going to record this scene all day, I can't be eating 17 yeah. sandwiches, <laughs> 17 <laughs> peanut butters. Also, she's taking a small bite because like the peanut butter is going to get in her mouth and she's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul Rudd shows up and eats the whole sandwich in like one bite. Yeah. So like, no problem. he probably ate all 17 sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely did. That yeah. is wild. He's like, okay, could we get this take? Because I can't force down <laughs> any more Jiffy. Yeah. <laughs> it's backing me up. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, okay, I know, I know that Captain America and Black Widow have hooked up. I know that it's not in the movies. I know it has happened. Subscribe. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. 100%. Right? It no has way. to. Oh, no way. It has no way. to have happened. Captain yeah. America is a virgin <laughs> he does have virgin energy he is he he's a virgin like there's no like that, that guy has never banged not by the end of this movie he's not by the end of this movie oh he also uh, actually never mind um <laughs> I, but i do feel like whenever they had in winter soldier where she has that aggressive tan yeah. they have so much chemistry yeah yep. but yep. they had to have at least once been like yep Almost like a cl- I would imagine them doing it like from a clinical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm I think with we, you. Yeah, like we could focus more if we just like, d- real quick, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, and maybe I, like, I maybe we're about to die. Like... Let's slam this out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And you know he's, he's not good. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody's saying he's good, <laughs> but I'm saying it happened. Yeah. <laughs> she can make anybody good. She can. You yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, got she's moves. got the moves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's yeah, at the Colin most... Jost. What a, <laughs> what a lucky fellow. <laughs> God. Like, they had to have. Whenever he rounds, I was really glad that they, well, part of me always felt like, because I don't love that they tried to make her and the Hulk be a thing. Um, because also, like, then in this movie where they're at that diner, I'm like, these two clearly have never even had feeling. They've never even sat in a classroom together. Like, they have nothing. Um but I was glad because then it makes the Peggy payoff so much more. E- e- even because throughout all these movies, I was like, they should just get together. It makes the most sense. They have the most chemistry. They have a shared thing. They're always going to be in movies together. Yeah. But then the fact that they didn't, I really, it was like, oh, okay, somebody smarter than me is putting these movies together because it was worth the wait to see yeah. him like go back to Peggy. It also, I totally agree. And it also is crazy to be like, she, uh, Black Widow has more, uh, on-screen sexual chemistry with Captain America and mm-hmm. with Hawkeye and arguably with Iron Man than she does with Hulk. It's Yeah. They just like, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it never got me going. I don't and, hate it. I, I no. like Avengers Age of Ultron more than the majority, I would say. And I, I don't I don't feel like that that relationship detracted from it in any way. But I do agree with the sentiment that it is like, out of left field, basically. And and I also just... have to say, I have had the largest crush on Mark Ruffalo, and he is so funny in this movie. He's yeah. so good in this movie. And even I can't, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't fucking girl. Like, <laughs> just, there's so many other people around. Yeah. <laughs> like, go down and like try something with Laura before you try something with this dude. Um <laughs> 
Hello. It's Nia and Trent from the Trident Networks Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested best pasta shape bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough, and remember, may the thing with the most votes win. But they don't, and then they have, I mean, they're really sort of in this together in this, like, post-apocalyptic world. They're kind of like the only, I mean, uh, Rhodey is around somewhere, but they have this great moment where it's like, oh, it's just the two of us until we can time travel. Yeah. There are so many quiet beautiful one-on-one moments in this movie which Mm -hmm. is crazy because it's like a big blockbuster action movie but like there's so many scenes like that where it's just two people like even tony and nebula on the spaceship like where it's just this little moment of connection between two characters it's really cool yeah it's beautiful i think that adds to like the connectiveness of all the movies too because like nebula and tony stark are not two characters that we've seen together at all yeah and to sort of see like this kind of not the main character from Guardians of the Galaxy and the uh, like the original Avenger, it just for me, like the connectiveness is why I love the MCU. Yes. That moment is like, like I said before, kind of eating candy, just watching them interact. I was wondering, as I was watching this, I was wondering how much they treated this like, like a TV series finale. Because mm. it's closer to that than anything I could put my hands <clears throat> on because we have so much shared history with all of these people yeah. that when you see Tony in a conversation with Nebula, your part of me is like, oh my God, a crossover event between my two favorite shows. I can't yeah. imagine. Like, and this whole movie, it does it in a way where like it feels like that has been a genre for a hundred years because they mastered yeah. it so well. Mm-hmm. I, I love on... <clears throat> whenever people refer to the MCU instead of like by the phases, like they'll call Iron Man like season one, episode one of Marvel because yeah. that's really what it is. It's a TV show playing out on our movie screens over 10 years or whatever. And the fa- I, lo- I love thinking of the phases as seasons because you're right, it's all connected and n- no one has ever done anything like this before. No. Or, mm-hmm. Also, or what since. I. Also, what I hope they do is I hope they start having events where they'll play the Disney Plus shows all in one sitting at a movie theater. Yes, I've been my ass well. would yeah, I'll be rent yes. the theater. Yeah. I would yes. be there like <laughs> nobody else or everybody else. I mean, they're yeah. oh, so good. Um, yeah. So they end up time travel. Oh, there's another moment, and I feel like, well, we have to talk about it. There's another moment where like Romanoff goes to get Clint after he's been mm-hmm. straight up killing people for a few years um and they have they, once again it's like a shared specific relationship of they don't have to mention it but you know yeah oh, these two are kind of like the darkest avengers they kind of like can be intimate with each other because they're like yeah all all these goody goody two shoes over here like we've done some shit <laughs> yeah romanoff is like well you didn't you, killing all these people wouldn't bring you back where i feel like if captain america was there he'd be like you do have to serve a lifetime sentence in jail for this because it's the right thing to do. And she was right. like, don't tell anybody, but keep your mask on and get in the car. <laughs> yeah. They're both like, they're both spies before they're yeah. superheroes. 
and now they're superheroes, but like they are they're spies, and everybody else is like you know superhero since day one, at least of the original six Avengers, yeah. I would say. But like those two are like you know I just I was rewatching episode four of Hawkeye last night again, and he <laughs> says in it like he was at his time as Ronan, he was doing what he was trained to do, which was hurt people. Like that was his, you know, number one thing. And Kate Bishop is like, no, you were meant, you were trained to save people. And he was like, no, I was trained to hurt people. And I was just being pointed in the right direction. But so that's why. Ah, it's, oh, I love it. (laughs) It's so good. So then, okay, we go ahead, Val, and then we do have to, no, no, it's not you. It's the movie that is three hours long that we're trying to sum up in an hour. This will be a four hour podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's one more like quick thing that gets like paid off at the end that I think is worth pointing out. When Pepper is talking to Tony and Tony's like, I don't know if I should help them with this time travel thing. Like I did figure it out because I can't stop myself. But like, I, I think I should just like throw it away and go to bed. And she says to him, but would you be able to rest? Oh. And then at the end of the movie, the last Ooh. thing that she says to him is, you can rest now. Gwyneth Paltrow, I know people don't like her. Yeah, I don't like as, her. As a person. <laughs> she is such a great actress, and she's so good as Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. They have such, they have su- and the writing is so good. The fact that they're having this thing of like, only these two people on this couch understand this dynamic of like, okay, I could bring everybody else back, but is that unfair to us? And they have a moment where they're like, oh, it's so unfair to us, but like, what else are we going to do? This is what we were put here to do. And you're like, oh, especially (laughs) rewatching it because you're like, after he leaves his couch, you're never going to see him again. Oh, so beautiful. Did you did you see that she that she was asked like, "Hey, have you been ke- keeping up with Hawkeye?" She goes, "What's Hawkeye?" Yeah. Oh yeah, she doesn't care. <laughs> no, she doesn't need to. I'd no. love if they brought her back for like a series where she like is raising her daughter or something. I don't know. Yeah. And and I don't expect her to know anything she's talking about. I expect no. her to know like, okay, what's my emotion here? Okay, I got it. And then she just delivers it. And she goes back to, like, sucking on celery sticks or doing whatever the hell she does. Goop. Sticking jade eggs Goop. up her hoo Yeah. <laughs> like, wild. Oh. So they do time travel, though. They, they get everybody in the thing. And they establish the rules of time travel, which are different from the rules. I will say, the first four times I watched this movie... I had no idea what the rules yeah. of time travel were. I was like, okay, I, I, I'll get it as we go. It wasn't until, like, the Loki series where I was like, oh, I kind of get what they mean now. I knew yeah. that it wouldn't, like, make branch timelines and stuff, but because in all the examples they give you, we're so taught that, like, if something happens here, you're going to come back to the future and everything's going to be different. And it's always, and by the way, when they do that, it's always like if you pick up a candy wrapper in 1951, like people are in hovercrafts by the year 1998 i'm like it's not that causation doesn't line up um but they establish that they can make changes to the past and it won't affect their future their future is already on a course that can't Mm -hmm. be corrected but they can take all the timeline or take all the stones come back to this point in the timeline snap their fingers and bring everybody back and then throughout the adventure they realize that they then have to take them back to their original points 
Um, Banner, Lang, Rogers, and Stark travel to New York City during Loki's attack in 2012. At the Sanctum Sanctorum, Banner convinces the Ancient One to give him the Time Stone. After promising the return of the various Time Stones at their previous points, at Stark Tower, Rogers retrieves the Mind Stone from Hydra, but Stark and Lang attempt to rescue the Space Stone, uh, which Loki escapes with. So then they have to go back to 1970, where Stark obtains an earlier version of the Space Stone and encounters his father, Howard. This is maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, this, like, 30-minute, 45-minute chunk is so good. I love the Hulk and the Ancient One. Mm. She is so good. She is unbelievable. She's so cool. She's, like, calm and collected. Hot take from Devin. Tilda Swinton is good. (laughs) Tilda Swinton is good. And I know she shouldn't have been cast in this role, but also... I can't help but think she's really good in it. She is. Like, the whole time I watch, I'm like, it starts with me being here and going, like, white person playing a character that's not for a white person. And then within seconds, I'm like, (laughs) like, I can't. So I also love when she, like, I remember being in the theater when she put her palm on, when she, like, palms him and he flies out, his actual body flies out. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, the sorcerers are like not fucking around. Like mm-hmm. they don't care about all this. She's also like sniping aliens from the roof. I've yeah. caught that for the first time this time. I didn't realize that's what she was doing up there. I thought she was just watering plants. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she was like, oh, she knows the future. She knows they're gonna be fine. She doesn't want to interfere, so she's just up watering plants. I didn't realize <laughs> she was up there actively interfering. She's actively interfering, like sending these little like. Uh, if you've ever watched um. Dragon Ball Z, they remind me of oh. uh, uh, Destructo Discs. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference for my Dragon Ball Z freaks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love this. I love this chunk of the movie where they're all time traveling. I I particularly love the inclusion of Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, only there's a part of me that like looks at Paul Rudd as like, oh my god, he was like, you know. Uh, he was in Friends, and then mm-hmm. his thing was like, for me in high school, he was an anchor man, and it was just like this guy who's like a comedian now is a superhero, and yeah. he's just kind of along for the ride. And I yeah. feel like Paul Rudd as a person felt that way, and he portrayed that in it. He was just sort of like, let me recap everything and yeah. go with you guys, um, and I'll say America's ass, and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's such a good. Ugh. That that so one thing that's cool about this movie is like it's it's meta of itself. So like that mm-hmm. fight between Cap and Cap is so meta because like I was just listening to your episode on uh on Captain America uh earlier today and like you're ta- like you guys were talking about how like kind of annoyingly he's like so like, like annoyingly perfect he is yeah. you know what i mean like he's just sort of blah because he's just like i'm always going to do the right thing and i have no emotion about it i'm just going to do it and like how steve gets like annoyed with himself like when he's like i could do this all day he's like i know yeah <laughs> like, he's like i get it <laughs> i love that and they each have like a moment like that where they're kind of self-reflecting on like their usual thing and sort mm-hmm. of being like Maybe I'll try something different this time. <laughs> it works out. Also, it starts when he starts swearing because they have that yeah. moment in yes. the second Avengers where he like yep. is like lang- I find language. Here's the thing: I find Captain America, especially in this movie, I find Captain America so hot, but oh. he is so annoying. He is. I love him. So, and you know, he'd be this him. character would be bad in bed as we established. He's annoy. He's like, ugh. 
I just want him to cuddle me. I don't care. <laughs> oh, like I and as I'm doing these podcasts, I don't know why I'm developing a, an attraction to Tony Stark, which would turn my stomach a year ago. But yeah. the, pa- the pandemic has changed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are your favorite you parts of the time travel? Because this goes on for a long time with a lot of different things happening. Rene Russo getting a proper goodbye with mm. Thor. Oh, mm. yeah. That is one of my favorite things about the time travel. She's so good. She's so good. And she's like, I was I was raised <clears throat> by witches, boy. Like, the way she's just sort of like, yeah, yeah I get it. Okay, yeah. some weird's going on. I don't know. I just love it. And yeah. she gets I'll... to make fun of him for being, like, emotional to her, but also, like, help him yeah. get through what he's yeah. going through. So, All yeah. the Thor stuff is really good, and it's really good. Chris, Chris Hemsworth is like, "I'm also a good actor. Let yeah. me prove it." And then he yes. does, and that, that's like, cool. I, yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he did such a good job of being simultaneously like the butt of like every joke in this mm-hmm. entire movie, but also like going through a legitimate emotional crisis, and like yeah. it feels real. Like it, the, the thing that's being made fun of is not his emotional state it's like yeah the manifestations of some of his like you know things to do with that but yeah it's not like they're making fun of him having like <laughs> going into a deep depression because he failed to save the world uh it's just like you know he's being kind of silly about it and it's really that's such like a very like razor's edge to kind of walk on mm-hmm. and he yeah. does such a good job of it he's yeah. so good because to your point when he's crying in that like hall um, where he's looking at her, you are like, part of you is like, oh, how cute. Cause you know that he's kind of put in this situation essentially before he's ready to be put into mm-hmm. it. He's like, but it has to be done. Um, and he also just like, you get to watch him act in a way that you don't, you haven't seen him do so far. Even yeah. when like she died in, in Thor two, he wasn't going through this much. It's so good. And how I- rocket also again, Someone from space putting things into perspective. He's like, you think you're the only person who lost people? I lost yeah. literally every person who I ever cared about ever. Yeah. And I was like experimented on for my entire life. You can shove it. Like, Side right. note, all the, speaking of great acting, I don't recognize even with the exception of um, Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, Pratt. Pratt. And also Nebula, or not Nebula, um, Gamora. The rest of those actors truly disappear into those voice roles or yeah. actual roles. Like Nebula, I've seen that actress in a million other things. I would never, I never associate with her with Nebula. I never associate Bradley Cooper with um, Rocket. Rocket or yeah. um, Vin Diesel with Groot. <laughs> yeah. Like they're so, and they're all from one movie. I'm, that's unbelievable to me right, how great right. they all are. I, I think my favorite part of that time travel thing is the pairings. And one pairing in particular, yes. like you have you have Ant-Man, Captain America, and Iron Man. Awesome, right? You have uh, Thor and Rocket. Uh, um, you have, and then the one that kind of, obviously you have Matt and, and Clint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have kind of like this under the radar pairing, and that's Nebula and Brody. Yes. And that's like really kind of cool because it could easily be like let's just get this over with and just pair them because they're the ones that are left but they choose to write what is connected about them they're two broken people both physically mm-hmm, and, yeah. and spiritually right um mm-hmm. and yet they sit there and they get the job done 
And I yeah. think that those arcs, um, it's going to be really cool to kind of have Rhodey have his own show coming up soon, I think. Yeah. Um, but also Nebula is just sort of like, like the forgotten guardian of the galaxy, right? Like you have Bradley Cooper and you have now Chris Pratt, but like she is like a really compelling character. Um, mm -hmm. And I love how much she was in this movie. Yeah, yeah I, I, integral to this I, movie. I agree with Mike that I was going to talk about Rhodey and, and Nebula too. And I think Nebula's um, arc, which is, you know, obviously still ongoing, but like it's it's really cool to see how she has grown over the movies and the characters and it's kind of crazy to it almost feels like <clears throat> especially because of all the characters you have now in the mcu it really felt like infinity war was the gamora movie and endgame is the nebula movie and they were kind of the two focal characters of these two movies which is just like wild to think about yeah. when you have everybody else on the board and yeah, it's great. Karen Gillan is great, and it's, and obviously Don Cheadle's. Yeah, it's good. so good. They because they also <clears throat> kind of give the feeling of like we we are um like her essentially she's like half robot at this point. Yeah. Um, and he has sustained a major injury, and it, they both establish like kind of we receive these injuries due to our life in this and yet mm -hmm. we continue mm -hmm. like we're it's not fair but we get and it's so beautiful i didn't catch it until this movie similar to like i don't know what i've been doing with them and then the the plants on the ceiling with uh the ancient one um but that and then there was another moment in there that uh, just oh the you also i don't want to say i didn't care about nebula before this movie i did i liked her in her story yeah. but you re, you're right both of you that after this, you're like, oh, she is, this is about Thanos' children. And it would yeah. have also been really, if I were making this movie, I would have made the mistake of not focusing on them because they haven't been mains this throughout the MCU traditionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it adds so much more weight when it's like the people who know him the most are, oh, so good. And yeah. talk about meta. Like, she literally kills her old self. Like, yeah. She literally is like, I'm done yeah. with being like bad because of my circumstances mm -hmm. i can choose to be a better person and literally kills her and kills self. herself to yeah. save her sister yes in a truly uh, a selfless nebula way where yeah. she's like i'm really not killing myself self but i am killing myself i'm like looking at myself and shooting myself in the chest right like, yeah. how many of us would literally be able to look at ourselves and kill ourselves? Oh, like, easily. Right now. Easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get away I from that window. Speaking of Don Cheadle being so funny, like, the moment, and another meta moment, too, where they're, like, watching Chris Pratt, like, do that, which which what was, oh, like, yeah. an amazing, like, cold open in yeah. Guardians, and they're watching it without the music, and he, Don Cheadle just goes, oh, so he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's great he's so good <laughs> um meanwhile rocket thor rocket and thor travel to asgard we talked touched on this rocket mm -hmm. extracts the reality shown from jane foster i did get up to heat up a bowl of soup during this part so do we see jane foster okay. in this yes. so it's, it's archive she, footage. okay so that's what i wanted to know if it was archive or not because yeah, you archive. only see like it's it's clearly from thor 2 and it's like archival but she is credited in the credits yes she is because they but it had but it was her. okay yeah but it was archival not her 
Like, there's a farther away shot where she's, like, asking if they have pants or something, like, yeah. earlier in the scene. Yeah. And, like, that's not her. That's someone else. Oh, um, wow. It, they only use that yeah. one shot of her because they can just edit Rocket, like, in behind her. Yeah. How oh, cool. Interesting. So good. Well, she's back, so we're she's, fine. She's, hey yeah. <laughs> Um While also another moment is, well, we'll wait till we get there. Uh, Thor gets uh, encouragement from his mother, Frigga, and retrieves the old hammer. Uh, Mjolnir, Barton, and Romanoff, and Nebula and Rhodes travel. So Nebula and Rhodes go over to Morag to steal the Power Stone. But Barton and Romanoff go to Voromir, which is mm. the pinnacle, in my opinion, mm. the best scene in this movie. Mm. They right, do everything. such a good job of establishing mm-hmm. their relationship in that one scene in the rain. I mean, also the 22 movies that came before this, but... Uh, <laughs> My brain is like, I can't believe they've told so much story in one movie. And I'm like forgetting that. Oh, yeah, it was 10 years. Um, yeah. But a lot of it has been tell rather than show. This yeah. is the, really the first movie where they show their relationship more than tell about it. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they both, so they realize that they, in order to get the soul stone, somebody must die. It's the only stone that requires such a large sacrifice, or any sacrifice, really. Um, which, by the way, I think the power stone should require some sacrifice, you know? Because the whole thing with the soul stone is, like, you have to understand the weight of it. I'm like, I think people who are getting a ton of power should understand the weight of the power, too. But yeah. the, one of them has to die. Somebody there has to die. And also, my once again, my husband was like, I can't believe Nebula didn't say even a damn word about this. She was she just like... Know. Oh, yeah, she didn't know. She didn't know. She that just knew that Gamora sense. died, but she yeah. didn't know why Gamora yeah. died. Yeah, that I will say, <clears throat> pretty convenient for Thanos to show up there with Gamora, the only person he cares about, and then for Clinton Nat happened to be paired off, and they happened to go for the Soul Stone. You know, obviously, I know we're suspending a lot of disbelief here, but uh, yeah. all that is to say, pretty convenient that it's lined yeah. up. Can you imagine I if mean... you fought Nebula and then? Red Skull was like, you got to kill the person you love. And he's like, oh, okay, hang on. I got to go kick Gamora. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we talk about convenience, uh, we we have to talk about the the rat that allows Paul Rudd to come back. Because this whole movie wouldn't happen if that rat. I will say they I bought it a little bit more because it was five years. Like, it took five years later. But you're right. Rewatching this, I was like, what did that rat, like, put in the code? Like, what? (laughs) You tap dance on those buttons to put in the cut. It's funny that also the button to like turn it back on is like wedged close to the windshield where that vent would be. Uh, a lot of okay, uh, <laughs> you're right. There's <laughs> a little bit of like okay, rat king, whatever. Um, I have a question, yeah, for each of you about Nat and Clint. Do you think the right person made the sacrifice? Well, what I... do you mean? What do you mean? Like, do you agree? with them having Nat be the one who jumps rather than Clint. So like are you the question is uh, do we agree if Marvel made the right choice? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I Cuz ca- character wise they were both trying to kill themselves, so. Yes, 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 yes. They were both going for it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Um and here's why I think I do. I mean, I could be easily swayed though cuz I I do I I think I'm picking up what you're putting down in the sense I was also like Yeah. He did just kill a bunch of people. I'm like, maybe it's <laughs> let, let it go. But um, I think that Nat know Nat feels like 
okay, you have a whole family that's going to miss you. And also, Nat, because Nat grew up without a family, uh-huh. I get the feeling of like, okay, she realizes like her whole life, she still feels like there's so much red in her ledger and that her, I want to do this because I also know your family and care about your family as well. Uh, so I'm going to sacrifice. I liked the way that they did it where they were fighting each other to get to the end. So then they don't have to take credit for it almost in a way. They have to be like, well, Nat was better. So of course she <laughs> yeah. she won it. Uh, but I liked that it was Nat. I cried mm. once again. Even watching it today, I cried. Um, and also it's hard for me to say because I'm in the middle of the Hawkeye series. So part of me feels like, well, yeah. I wouldn't have had the Hawkeye series if, <clears throat> you know what I mean? It yeah. all, yeah. I it feels like in retrospect, because of how Black Widow the movie played out and how Hawkeye the series has been playing out, it's kind of like I feel better about the choice. I think. Um, also, I I love that Devin. I think being like she was the better fighter, so she died because yeah, she won cool. the fight. You know, that's like a a point for her. Um, but I uh, I do in the moment. Like I seeing being at the movie, I feel like if Hawkeye died, the audience would have been like, "Oh, see ya." Yeah, but wasn't I there? Agree. And I was thinking about this when we were watching it. There were rumors at the time that Hawkeye was gonna die or something, or like yeah. we kind of felt like he had already outstayed his welcome. There were rumors he was gonna die in Age of Ultron too. Yeah, yeah. So I think when they have that slow motion moment of him jumping off the cliff, mm-hmm. once again, when you're in the audience with everybody who knows the same thing you do, you're like, "There he goes, he's gonna die." And then yet again, it's like, "Wait, what? No, don't let her." And I remember everybody be like, "No, no, 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 let it be him. Let it be him. like, yeah. let the mohawk fall. He's has yeah. an ugly haircut in this movie. Let him go." Do um, do any ugh. of you guys watch um? honest trailers on youtube sometimes my husband watches them and then the good one or like ones he really enjoys he'll share with me yeah so honest trailers does like you know the quote-unquote honest trailer for whatever the movie is that week and um i think the end game honest trailer uh put it the best which was uh natasha finally got something to do in an avengers movie which was die to motivate the boys so <laughs> I think at the time, I totally agree with what Val is kind of premising. Yeah. Like, how did you we feel? killed the one female Avenger. Yeah. We killed the one. You sure about that's why? You sure about that's why we killed the one? Come on, guys. Uh, that's a great yes. point. I was in the moment. I mean, so I'm a sucker for anyone who makes a sacrifice to mm-hmm. help yeah. other people. So mm-hmm. in the moment, I was sobbing, and I cry every single time. Still, it's Since still a then, great moment. Yeah. It's, yeah, right. It is frustrating because her story was ended, and then we know we don't get. Well, we I guess we did, but we should have gotten that story a lot earlier. But yeah, like we we, we there's no more new story for her, right? But. I did watch one of the people who I watch, like, all the theory videos and stuff. He does occasionally does, like, video essays, kind of, like, making mm-hmm. a deeper point about something. And he did one about this. And I actually really appreciated the point that he made, which is that Nat's life has been entirely about being controlled by other people. Mm. Like, being told oh, yeah. what to do by other people all the time. And this was a moment where she finally got to completely independently make a choice for herself yeah yeah and i think that that was really cool and i think it also obviously is doubly special because she also gets to return the favor to clint right like 
he didn't judge her for her worst mistake and now she gets to do the same thing so yeah. in the moment i was devastated and i was like no more black widow no more scarlett johansson she but she's so beautiful i just want to watch her yeah. like grapple fight forever yeah. but <laughs> but um but i i do appreciate that that like knowing that she her whole life has been about being controlled and then in this moment she gets full control even if it just means ending her own life but she gets to decide when that happens and i think that that was a really interesting way of looking at it wow you guys endgame is just too juicy and we're about to split this bad boy up into a two-parter come back tomorrow and finish our discussion of endgame we're going to get into the fights the trickery the deceit more death destruction tears and mayhem and of course the resolution of avengers endgame see you tomorrow Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at, at disney.adult.podcast. <laughs>